Hello, onboard game listeners. This is Ryan Sturm from the How to Play podcast, and Don Dennis and the rest of the gang at Onboard Games have agreed to let me drop into your feet and show you what How to Play is all about. I've selected this episode in which I read the article that was the genesis of the How to Play podcast. In this article, I go over my technique on how to teach games. If you like this method and want to see it in action, check out more episodes of the How to Play podcast where I give explanations of great games. I also talk strategy about those games and muse about different genres of board games. Check it out at www.howtoplaypodcast.com. Thanks for letting me interrupt your normally scheduled on board games, and I hope you enjoy this. Here's the article. How to Teach Games, a General Primer. Classes in session, listen up kids. Today's topic is how to teach games. Pay attention, there will be homework. When playing a game with players new to a game, how well the game is taught is the most important element to whether the game is an enjoyable experience or a painful one. Most of you listening to this podcast are the ones constantly trying to spread our hobby by introducing these games of ours to friends and family who may not be familiar with such games. If you introduce a game poorly, it's unlikely you will have earned yourself future games. If you do a great job teaching the game, not only will they wish to play that game again, but they may start to ask about other games in your closet, and you may have created some budding new gamers who may even call you and say, hey, you want to come over and bring some of those games of yours? And that is a wonderful thing. As teaching is my profession, I thought maybe it would be useful to give general pointers for how to teach a game. I hope the advice here can be useful to people who have never attempted to teach a game and to those who have taught hundreds. In general, this post is directed at teaching medium to heavyweight Euro games and does not apply toward party games, card games, lighter filler games, or war games. Examples of games that could be taught using this method include Ticket to Ride, Settlers of Catan, Alhambra, Railroad Tycoon, Puerto Rico, Kalis, etc., etc. Teaching a game is about more than just going over the rules. Your job as the teacher is to get players to be excited about playing the game, understand the object of the game, understand how to play a turn, know a few possible strategies, and know all the most important rules, all before their eyes start to glaze over. Alright, it's time for the pre-game show. You have to prepare by understanding the game yourself. In order to introduce a game well, you need to have a thorough understanding of the game. Reading the rules multiple times is a must. Also, it helps to refresh yourself of the rules the day you plan on teaching the game. Ideally, you will have played the game twice or more, so that not only do you understand the basic rules of the game, you are aware of the technicalities that occur and have a general understanding of the various strategies a player may employ, and the pitfalls that a new player may fall into not quite understanding those basic strategies of the game. Sometimes it may not be possible to play a game with others. With lighter weight games such as Ticket to Ride or Settlers, this may not be a problem. However, if you are playing a more complex game than that, such as Puerto Rico, Kalis, or Power Grid, you should find some way to deepen your understanding of the game. 
Three options to try would be playing some of the games solo, reading articles about the game online, or playing the game online. Having a general understanding of the game will make your teaching of the game and overall game experience more enjoyable. Why do you have to know the strategy of the game? Isn't just knowing the rules enough? I'll talk more about this later. And now, how to teach games in three easy steps. The hook, the meat, the hamster. Hook, meat, hamster? Catchy, isn't it? What the heck is this guy talking about? Are you intrigued? Perhaps I have hooked you. Which happens to be our first step. Keep listening. Part one, the hook. What this game is about. Here we get to our introduction. We have our players, we have the board all set up, and we're ready to give our intro. Let me stress this. Your job is not, I repeat, not to summarize the rules as written in the rule book. Rule books are boring to most people, although probably not to you and I, and that's what makes us gamers. But for your general average Joe who's about to play a game, here's what they want to know in 15 minutes or less. What is this game about? How do I play? How can I win? Just like in teaching a lesson in the classroom, in teaching a game, your first job as a teacher is to grab your students' attention with a hook within the first 30 seconds of teaching. Your hook should explain the basic idea of the game in terms of the theme, including what they will be doing throughout the game and how to win the game. Here's an example hook for the game Kalos. In this game, you are a master builder in medieval France, employed by King Philip to develop the lowly village of Kalos into a mighty city. In each turn, we will take turns placing our workers into the different buildings in order to get resources, money, and to build various buildings. The game takes place over three stages, building the dungeon, the walls, and the towers of the castle. We'll score victory points for building buildings in the city and helping to build sections of the castle. When that tower stage is complete, whoever has the most points will be the victor. The hook is a very general summary. It's important that you get into no specifics yet, just one minute or less on the general idea of the game to serve as a backdrop for the rest of the explanation. When you teach a game, show enthusiasm for the game. Because if you do not seem interested in the game, why should your players be? It's very important to refer to the theme when describing the idea of the game and the basic mechanisms in terms of theme. Some people first introduce the game abstractly and then bring up the theme as an afterthought near the end of the entire introduction. Oh yeah, this game's about blah blah blah. In the best games, the theme of the game helps the players understand and remember the rules and mechanics of the game. There are a few games that the theme is so irrelevant to the game that it can be ignored. An example of this is Uptown. But even in games where the theme is irrelevant to the game mechanics, such as Through the Desert, at the very least the theme is important in adding to the fun of playing the game, especially in the first few plays. I know I'd much rather be putting cute plastic camels on the board to connect palm trees than say connecting cubes to sticks. So use the theme frequently as you explain the game. Part 2. The Meat. 
How do you play the game? This can be 5 to even 30 minutes depending on game complexity. This will be the main part of your instruction, thus the meat. Most of the meat should be explaining how a player plays his turn. This is how I would start this part of the explanation after the hook. Here is what you're going to do on your turn. I'd first quickly go through with the phases of a turn and then go into more details about each phase. If I was explaining the game Settlers of Catan, in the first 30 seconds of the meet, I'd explain how in a turn you roll the dice, you get resource cards, you trade resources with other players or with the bank, make purchases, and then pass the dice until someone gets 10 points. Then I'd go back all over it again and get into the details of each phase, such as explaining how a roll gives resources, how one can trade with the bank or other players, what you can buy, and, and what happens when a 7 is rolled. I try to keep the meat the meat and leave the vegetables on the side until necessary to keep my instruction time down. Huh? Well, there are certain rules and details I will skip as they're not essential to the general play and strategy of the game until they happen. For example, in Ticket to Ride, I might not talk about how the locomotives sweep until it happens. I may not explain the cards and Railroad Tycoon until they're flipped face up, etc, etc. This not only keeps instruction time down, but it's also more meaningful to the players to have these things explained when they become important in the game, instead of getting everything all at once. If not knowing a particular rule could severely damage someone's game, for example the 7 card discard rule in Settlers of Catan, I'll make sure to mention that at the beginning of the game. You'll be amazed how you can cover almost all the rules of playing the game, discussing it within the context of a player's turn. However, you may also have to explain functions of cards, tiles, buildings, or alternate ways to acquire victory points that are essential to the general play of the game. I'll end this section of the introduction with talking about how the game has ended and reminding the players of how the game is won. You may want to warn players that you've not explained all of the rules, but you have explained the most important ones in order to get started with the game. Tell them you've only skipped rules that will make more sense as we get into the game, and they should not have an effect on the overall strategy. Now here's a warning. Despite all your best efforts, you will very likely be faced in a situation with the blamer. No matter how thorough you try to be, someone will, at some point, claim that there is a rule you never explained to them, regardless whether or not you actually did. All we can do is claim the Good Samaritan Law that we have done our best and take their criticism with a grain of salt. Such are the hazards of teaching games. Grin and bear it. Apologize and say, I'm sorry if I did not explain that rule to you, but that is the rule. Let's move on. Part 3. The Hamster. How do you win this game? This is the part of the game introduction that's usually not found in rule books, and the part that if you forget or skip will severely impact your game experience. Your players know how the game works and how they do things in the game but generally don't have any concept of why they would want to do any of these things. 
It is at this time that you will have to get the hamster running in the heads of your players by sharing some of the different strategic paths one might try to follow for victory. Players, especially non-gamers, need a few basic frameworks to try to follow to succeed in the game. Games are most fun when all players are working their hardest to win the game. The competition makes it fun. We've all played games where one or more people stop trying to win and the game rapidly disintegrates into stupidity. The same situation can occur if someone has no idea of how to win the game. They will make seemingly random moves out of frustration. This will make the game no fun for them and much less fun for everyone else. This is where a basic understanding of the strategy of the game is essential. Before you start the game, the hamster portion is where you give general strategy tips, common beginner pitfalls, and typical long-term strategies. Here are some examples of what I might talk about in the hamster. In Ticket to Ride, I might talk about how players generally accumulate lots of cards in the beginning of the game. In Settlers, I might talk about how you want to get more cities and settlements on the board quickly as possible, rather than purchasing those development cards. In Kalis, I might talk about how people follow two general strategies of getting the mason and the lawyer on the board and climbing the point track, or trying to get up that building track quickly and build the first stone farm, and the importance of always having money and staying up on the turn order. In Puerto Rico, I make sure players know that they need to make some money early in the game and how to do that. And I might talk about two strategy paths of scoring points by either getting lots of corn and trying to get that wharf or getting many different kinds of goods early and then getting the factory. Now during this step, I'm not going to explain everything I know about the strategy of the game for two reasons. First, I want to get to the game as soon as possible. Second, part of the fun of games is figuring out the strategy for yourself, but it's very helpful to give the players a starting point to start to figure out the strategy of the game. If you're playing with regular gamers, this hamster discussion may not be necessary or even desired. In fact, there is a percentage of people out there who will not want any strategy advice at all, as they would prefer to figure out the strategy themselves. There are also those particular untrusting sorts who will think you're trying to trick them by suggesting bad strategies. However, in general, most players, especially those new to these games of ours, are happy to have some direction in strategy. They may or may not follow your advice, but it's helpful to know what a person might try to do. It gets their hamster running. Part 4, Footnotes. Now for the color commentary, your role during the game. It's time to get to the game. Your intro length will depend upon the complexity of the game. A settler's intro could take 5 minutes. A Kalis intro closer to 20, maybe even 30 or 40. But in either case, try not to babble or point out every minute detail of the game. It's more important to get started. You'll know you've talked too long when you see the spaced out expression on their faces. They're at verbal information overload. It's time to learn through doing. Which rule set, expansions, or variations should you use? In choosing how to play the game, if there's any beginner rules or first time rules, use them. 
unless you are playing with regular experienced gamers who you are confident will pick up things quickly, use the beginner rules. This does not necessarily apply to rule variations that shorten the game. Shortening the game is not necessarily what you want, but anything that takes one or two elements of complexity away from the game will, for most people, make the game a more enjoyable experience and they will be more willing to play the game again with the full rules. Here's a very important idea most people teaching a game miss, reject, or intentionally or unintentionally forget. The teaching game's golden rule. When you are teaching a game, it is more important that the other players enjoy the game than if you enjoy the game. This means that for the first game, in Settlers, play with no expansions and play with the board preset. In Carcassonne, play without the farmers. In Agricola, play the family version. In Kalis, play without favors. In Power Grid, play the short game. I know this contradicts what I just said, but the complexity of Power Grid warrants the play of the short game. I wouldn't necessarily shorten other games with short rules like El Grande or Cathedral or East. And please, please, please don't add expansions or variants to a new player's first game that make the game more complex, except in a very few cases where the variant adds a little to no complexity and enhances the fun of the game. One example variant of this type is in the game Evo of players playing with one less tile in the auction. I know, I know, you've played Basic Settlers a million times, but these people haven't. You may think that playing with these beginner rules dumbs down the game. Yes, it does. That's the idea. Remember the golden rule. You may not feel the same thrills during that first game as your friends, but try to enjoy the experience vicariously through your friends. And think about those first games as an investment you're making in future great gaming experiences. What if a situation comes up that you don't know the answer to? Don't be a hero. Grab the rule book. It's okay to admit that you don't know the answer. It's far better than pretending you know the rules. If players feel like you're uncertain of the rules and you're making things up as you go along, it takes away from the whole validity of the game. And worse yet, you could play the game wrong. The rules are there for a reason. If you play with too many rules wrong, the game will be a flop. Take the two minutes and get it right. If you can't find the answer in the rule book, agree on how to play the situation as a group and find out the answer later online or through another means. However, if you are grabbing for that rule book more than a few times during the game, shame, shame, shame on you. You did not do your job prior to the game of developing an understanding of the game. Waiting for your teacher to read through the rule book is the opposite of fun. If you are completely lost in your explanation or in trying to play the game, don't be afraid to abandon the game for another day until you can study up or get a chance to learn the game from someone else. Go back to an old standby. How much should you help the players during the game? Do make sure players understand the rules and basic strategies of the game. You do want to give reminders of important rules during the game, especially if you see that they are in peril of disaster during the game.
A key example is a person in a game of Settlers of Catan with 11 cards in their hand and they're about to pass the turn. Other things you will want to remind players of is when scoring phases happen, what triggers the end of the game, various methods of scoring victory points, etc. Do not play other people's game for them. If you too often suggest particular moves, you will create a situation of learned helplessness, where whenever the player has a decision to make, they will look to you to tell them what to do. Also worse, if you point a player towards a decision that benefits you, you will be seen as manipulating people new to the game in order to win, a true recipe for disaster. Have you ever played that game of Puerto Rico where there was one new player and all the experienced players, including the game teacher, were playing a metagame of how to manipulate the new player in order to benefit them? Needless to say, that is not good teaching. If a player asks for advice, explain the situation and point out various options. Include all options, including bad options, and options that may hurt you in the game. Suggest at least two possibilities, and if one of their best options is to negatively impact you in the game, include that. Don't just slyly forget to point it out. If you do something like that, you move from being a game teacher to a manipulative, sleazy dirtbag. Now, in the second game, that's where you can stop pointing out moves that wreck you. Should you let players make mistakes? Yes! This is how they will learn. The important thing to consider when you see one of your students making a bad move is to think about, are they making this move because they are forgetting or do not understand one of the basic rules or important concepts of the game, or is said move about to completely crush their game? In one of these cases, I would probably advise them against making said move. Now say they are making a move and there's a better strategic move on the board and they make a worse play. Usually in the cases like this, I'll let them make the mistake, and through the course of the game, they'll probably see how that move negatively impacted their ability to win, and they will make a better choice next game. One last point about during the game is to involve your students in the mechanics of the game. Give them jobs in handing out money or resources, scoring points, dealing out cards, etc. This will help them to understand those parts of the game and increase their knowledge of the game. For example, in the game Settlers of Catan, have all players collect their own resources or at least request which cards they should get. If you just hand out resource cards, they may not figure out or ignore why they are receiving such cards. To win or not to win. Ah, game ethics. As a teacher of the game, and at the same time as a participant, you will be put in some interesting ethical choices. The most difficult being, should you try your hardest to win the game? This is an eternal question. With many of these games, especially the more complex games with a higher learning curve, an experienced player will probably be able to crush a set of beginners to the game. Now should you sandbag a game to make it closer, or even to let someone else win? Here's what I believe. You're free to agree or disagree with this opinion. You'll have to make this decision for yourself for each game depending on the situation. But I urge you to remember the golden rule. Whatever you do, you need to make sure that the people playing the game have a good time. It would be nice for one of the other players to win. It will certainly increase their enjoyment of the game. But I also believe in a game having a sense of honesty and integrity. 
I do not believe a player should win the game if they played poorly. You can show the players that skill is important in playing the game, so winning the game yourself is not necessarily a bad thing. You just have to be careful how you win the game so that the other players still have a positive experience. Here's what I do when introducing games, but as I said, you'll have to make your own ethical decisions for each different situations. If a game has a high luck factor, I'll play the game all out. In a game like Settlers, even if you're playing your best, you can lose the game due to awful dice rolls. If I'm playing a game with a steep learning curve and little luck that I have a lot of experience with, I will play the game well, but maybe not quite all out. There's certainly no need to run up the score. If an opportunity arises to seriously wreck one of my opponents, even if it greatly enhances my position, I might seek an alternative move, even if it may not be completely optimal. Once again, the second game is where you can crush them mercilessly. Now, I've heard of players who are willing to sit out of a game and just act as a teacher without participating in the game, especially when introducing one of the more complex games. As much as I think this is a noble idea and would certainly encourage people to try this, I personally like to play in the games and maybe I'm just too selfish to do this sort of thing. But I think there's also something to be said for having an experienced player in the game and letting the other players see how an experienced player plays the game. The post-game show. After the game. When the game is finished and a winner is declared, don't immediately go and start putting the game in the box right away. Leave the game set up for a minute. Reflection is a very important part of learning. Usually, without any prompting, players will start to analyze their play. They will say things like, I should have done this, or I should have done that. Listen and comment. If they give no reaction, you can prompt them a little, maybe commenting about different choices they could have made during the game, or explaining why someone did really well. This would be a great time to point out those strategic mistakes you saw them make during the game and what else they might have done. Now ideally, it's better for them to think it out and for you to be a listener. Be humble during this post-game reflection of the game, but honest. Try not to sound like a bragger of things you did correctly and things they did wrong. And again, don't say too much. You don't want to explain the whole strategy of the game to them and sound like a big know-it-all. It's more fun for them to figure it out for themselves. You know you did a good job if they say things like, I really like that game. I know what I'd do differently next time. Or the best yet, can we play again? The last step of being a game teacher, which you can do later that day or the next day, is to reflect on your teaching. First of all, if you are relatively new to the game, reread the rule book and make sure you played the game completely correctly. It's not unusual to have at least one or two rules that were played incorrectly. Good teachers admit when they taught something wrong. In your next playing of the game, talk about your mistake. Then ask yourself, did I follow the golden rule? Did my players have a positive experience? If not, why not? Was my explanation too long, too short, or just right? Did I miss anything in my explanation, or did I include things I didn't need to? Did I assist the players during the game without playing for them? Did I play the game ethically as the teacher of the game? If I were to introduce this same game again, what might I do differently? As in any teaching, teaching games gets better with practice. 
but practice without reflection will not make you any better. Take the time to really think about these questions. Many of us have a hundred games or more in our closet and have not played hardly a fraction of them. New players are reluctant to learn new games because learning games is hard work. And it's even harder work when you get a completely awful explanation. But with a great teacher, learning a game will be a much more enjoyable experience. And maybe instead of hearing, can't we just play settlers again? You'll start hearing, let's try something new. And that's music to a geek's ears. We can't get to that game closet fast enough. A conclusion, or aren't you done yet? We all want more players to play games with, and we all want to play more of the games in our closet. Teaching your games well is the key to achieving both of these things. As all good teachers would do, here's a quick review on tips for teaching a game. Before introducing the game, have a solid understanding of the game, both the rules and the general strategy. When introducing the game, hook the other players with a 30-second intro of the object, the theme, and the general play. Then give the meat the basic idea of how players play during their turn. Before starting the game, get their hamster running by giving them a few bits of strategic advice and paths they might follow. Play with a rule set that is most suitable to new players. Remind players of integral rules during the game. Give the player strategy advice cautiously and in a non-biased way. Let the players make mistakes and play their own game. As the teacher, play the game in an ethical rather than a manipulative way that is forgiving to players that are new to the game. Let the players reflect on their play, reflect on your teaching, and most importantly, don't forget the teaching game's golden rule. When you are teaching games, it is more important that the other players enjoy the game than if you enjoy the game. I hope you listen carefully. As I said, there will be homework. Your assignment is to teach at least one game in the next week. Good luck and best wishes in spreading our wonderful hobby to the ignorant masses. Now get out there and teach some games. So there it was. I hope you enjoyed that. And I hope you'll check out more episodes of my show at www.howtoplaypodcast.com. Thanks, Don, Eric, and Scott for letting me jump into your feed and give your listeners a taste of what How to Play is all about. This has been Ryan Sturm from the How to Play Podcast. One, two, three, four... This has been Ryan Stern from the How to Play podcast. How to Play is written, recorded, edited, produced, promoted, and financed by Ryan Stern. How to Play is a one-man, independent podcast not affiliated with any game vendor or game company. If you like How to Play podcast, I count on you to support it. You can help out by joining and participating in the guild, donating financially to the show, writing reviews or rating the show on iTunes, help talk up the show in your game group or on the forums at BoardGameGeek, and even just thumb announcements of new episodes. We have no contests, no gimmicks, no advertisements, no plugs to game websites or companies. All of the show's content is free of all bias, save for one, my own, and that is due to your own continuing support. Please consider supporting the show in some way today. I love to hear feedback from you, 
and I can be contacted through our discussion forum on the guild at BoardGameGeek, or I can be emailed at howtoplaypodcast at msn.com. This podcast home on the web is www.howtoplaypodcast.com. Thanks again, everybody, and until next time, I hope you will learn, teach, and play great games.